Welcome to the Heathen's Guide to Life, a show with this opinionated jerk and his little brother. Give our take on how to live your best life. I'm Kate Ibn Latif. What's up, world? I'm Kayla Sean. Welcome to our world, folks. Thank you for tuning in. You are in for an interesting ride. <laughs> the word heathen in this universe called the Heathen's Guide to Life is actually an endearing term. A heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them, irrespective of what others might think or feel. Make sure you connect with us on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and iTunes. Also, we're now on Stitcher. Yay! So go search for The Heathen's Guide to Life on all those platforms and follow and subscribe. So, Marmee. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's going on in that world of yours this week? Um, been very chill. Nothing, um, nothing crazy. Oh my goodness, I met one of our fans um, in real life. It okay. just kind of like happened. It's a friend of someone I work with, and um, she listens. Mm-hmm. And she told me that you know this girl listens, and she had oh. yeah, like she was like, I just have to like ask you guys because I really love the episode you guys did on polyamory, and that's what got me hooked. And she oh. she wanted me to bring you some tea of hers, and she wants your advice on the air. So I think we should do it. <laughs> like now? <laughs> well, well, she was just saying that she's with um she she got with someone. Okay. And the person was married to a man. So she she got with a woman that was married to a man. Yes. The woman has this is going on for like six years, she said. Okay. She said the woman has since left the man and come out as a lesbian so the woman who was so she's a woman Mm -hmm. your friend is a woman Mm -hmm. who let's call her casey all right so casey casey was dating a woman Mm -hmm. who was married to a man yes and they were having an affair yes and now casey's lover casey has now left her husband she's left the husband and you would think that this is like oh good so you guys can be together and she's like no i'm actually married as well I'm still married and I want to stay married, but now I want I want this girl all to myself. I don't want her to date other women. I want her only to date other men. And I'm like, you need to be a guest on the show because this is crazy. I think we need her here because I would I would I would I would probably speak very harshly to her because I Ooh. think she's I think that's selfish. Like how are you gonna be the one that cheated? Mm-hmm. And then when the person with whom you cheated wants to have wait. Wait, I'm confused. See? This is way too much she going needs, on. She needs to come in, right? I would like that to happen. So anyway... Um, Casey, we welcome you to come <laughs> on. And I will get all in your business <laughs> and tell you about yourself. So yeah, my week was good. I got to meet a fan and it just made me feel like we were reaching out to people more. Yeah. And we're find growing. Out, find out from Casey what platform she listens on. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Probably yeah. iTunes because like everybody has an iPhone. Yeah, of course we do. Um, but yeah, so that's... My, my week has been really chill. What's been going on with you? Well, oh boy, <laughs> oh, let me sip some tea. This is the first full week of the year. Yeah, it's really good. So, 
Yesterday, I went to um, my one of my best friends, um, Joy. It was her birthday. Cheers. Okay. She wanted to reenact this YouTube series called Hot Ones, and the premise of Hot Ones is where a celebrity is interviewed eating wings that get progressively hotter. <laughs> So she was the interview, the interviewee, and me and her bestie Makan were the interviewers. So we're eating these uh, these wings, and I'm fine up until the up until the eighth one. Yeah. When that eighth one hit, baby, I like to die. Like but I could, you love hot stuff. I do, but not like that. <laughs> like my insides were yelling at me, my lips were burning, my mouth was burning, I was crying, my scalp was sweating. I wanted to run. I literally, in fact, I have to say the IG story because. I, it was agony. It wasn't fun at all. I was like, how the fuck do people do this? What level of hotness was it? It was the hottest. I've never had anything that hot before in my life. But out of all the out of all the wings, like how far did you get up like to 10? The thing is that nine and 10 weren't as hot as seven. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, that was that. That was really Wait, fun. Wait, I'm still on the fact that you almost burnt your hair off at seven, but you still went on to 10. I mean, I'm a trooper. <laughs> Actually, it was, it, was the eight, it was the eighth one. Okay, it was nine, it was okay. the, nine and ten was what? You didn't get enough. I'm a trooper. <laughs> but the aftermath, baby, my stomach's st- Not even my stomach. My ass is still like. Oh, my goodness. It happens to me all the time. Oh Every time I eat something spicy, I pay for it. But like that, that wasn't even that. Well, usually, anyway, enough. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. doing that so kind that's of spicy anymore. Did. There's more, though. There's Ooh. more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Um... What can I say? Uh, have you been like really preparing for this um, show for a while? Because we have a like, this is a very different show for people. It is. It's going to take a lot for you to get ready. It did. It yeah. did. Um, so aside from that, mm-hmm. um, I've been I've been um, making some other kind of moves. I have the first batch of our, of um, the Heathens Got to Life merchandise. Yes. And what does that include? Um, it includes our usual sayings. Mm-hmm. The signature shirt is Heathen. Other titles are Curate Your Squad, Live Unapologetically, Love Unapologetically. And my favorite that I'm actually wearing today is Fuck Boys Will Be Fuck Boys. Yeah, my so take true. on Boys Will Be Boys. Um, so for the Niggas for, ain't shit, by the way. Yes, we are. <laughs> so go to our Facebook and IG pages for pics and details on how to order your own. Now, on a more serious note, um, the other day I went, to a, I went to a wake for a friend of mine, Lauren, who was actually a guest on our show last mm-hmm. season. I never actually, her, her mom passed. So I never actually met Lauren's mom, but I knew that she'd been ill for a relatively short time and the illness came out of nowhere. At any rate, I went to the wake and for as celebratory as it was, I couldn't help but to be sad. Sad that I knew that my dear friend was hurting from the loss of her probably most important person in her life. But also sad because I find that when I go to a wake, I recall the sadness from the deaths of each and every person that I ever experienced in my life. So I'm there. I find myself observing the people who were there, family, friends, colleagues, community folks, and all that. And I was struck by the impact this woman had on so many people, ranging from, again, friends, family, community, and all that. Um, But once I left the wake, my emotional state returned to its usual state. Um, And I went about the rest of my evening, as I usually usually would. Um, But it got me thinking about my own relationship to death. So that inspired today's episode. Yeah. So before we jump right in, like I must always defer back to you. Do you have anything to say before we go into the topic? Um. Yeah. What's up with the shirts? Like I need a shirt that says, "If it makes you come, then do it." I'm gonna make that on a sticker. 
not a shirt. That'd be a sticker or something. I just, this doesn't, it doesn't pop on a shirt the way I want it to. Uh, maybe we can like, instead of saying come, we could just leave like a big blank and then fill it in for them. <gasps> that might work. I know, right? You know what, Kamar, you good for something. <laughs> Tell my man that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's jump in. This week on The Heathens Got to Life, we're going to explore death. Mm. I know it's morbid and sad and, no, and nobody really wants to face it, but it happens. And I have some really deep thoughts about it. So intellectually, we know that we're born, we live, and we die. It's natural and it's inevitable. In spite of that, most of us tend to have a very hard time dealing with death. Why is that? When I think of the concept of death, I think about grief and legacy and closure and memories and my own mortality. So I'll try to kind of use those kind of topics to shape what we talk about today. Yeah. So I think that my own personal relationship with death was shaped by my mother dying when I was eight years old. She died of cancer um, when I was eight and she had been sick for maybe like two or three years, but she died when I was eight nonetheless. Mm. Mommy died when I was in, in May of 88. Then my grandfather died in October of 88. My great grandmother died in January of 89. My great aunt, my great, my great grandmother's sister died shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. And then my great grandfather, Big Pa, died in 91. So I had all that death in three years. Yeah. So I find that now I don't connect that deeply to death. Um, I think something clicked with me after experiencing all that at such a young age that I don't, I don't experience sadness for that long. Um, I do grieve, but I find that my grief tends to be more sympathetic to the folks that are still here. Mm. For example, when my Uncle Rob died a few years ago, my grief was more for my Aunt Alicia. Of course, I was sad because Rob was an important person in my life. Um, he was a, a really important figure in my life, especially given that, you know, me and my dad have had up and down issues. So Rob was like that stalwart person in my life, right? So I was sad during the wake, sad during the funeral. But once we buried him, once the repast was over, I returned back, I returned back to my emotional state. Um, but I felt for my Aunt Alicia because she lost, you know, her husband, who she, I think they were like 20 years married. Mm -hmm. So at one point, I thought I was just very present to the life cycle. But now I don't know so much if that's what it is for me. With regard to grief, you know, I think about what are we actually reacting to? Is it the is it the is it the actual death? Is it the act of dying? Are we projecting what might be missing in our life now that this person is actually gone from the world? Are we guilty that we didn't do or say all the things we wanted to do with this person while they were here on earth? Are we or are we not missing an integral part of our world? See now that last one that's what I usually react to. Um, I got really close with Uncle Rob uh, when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And he used to work at uh, my school. And I just really just took to him. Mm -hmm. Now, you were more, um, you were closer with him because you lived with him. Mm -hmm. But that closeness, I got to have with him more so as an adult. Mm -hmm. So one day I was driving home. And for some reason, I just felt really emotional about his death. And this is like, at this point, this happened uh, a few months ago. So he's been dead for like maybe, what, three, four years now? Five years? Longer than that. It's been a long time. And I just started crying because I was thinking about how I would never be the person I am if it wasn't for Uncle Rob. Like he really got on my ass and was like, yo, you need to be three times better 
than your peers because mm -hmm. of where you come from. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta leave all that hood mentality behind you if you wanna rise above it. You know, uh, you actually, the fact that you're here in school means that you can go and do more schooling and, and like, and be better. Like there's no reason that you can't have straight A's. Mm -hmm. And he expected all that of me and um, he held me accountable. So to be successful by means that I think he would judge me as successful, it's just like, damn, like, wow. Like, wow, all that wisdom that he gave me before he left, I'm so thankful for it. And when I found myself crying, it was more so about just being happy that I had him. Mm -hmm. um, of course, missing him a little bit, but more, it was like, almost like tears of joy, you know? And the fact that he was gone, it just made it, made the tears come down more. I have no concept of that, of that emotion. Yeah. Like I, the thing is, I also, it's usually if something happens and I'm like, what will Rob say? What will Rob do? Or <sighs> I have a keepsake box of things of his. Like okay. I have some like magazines that he had. I had like, <laughs> um, one of, he gave me, I, I have a flask that was his. Really? So I look at it and I think like, oh, this was Rob's and, you know, but it's not, I never like get sad about it or I never like, I don't go there. I have, his, I have his favorite leather jacket that he wore. Do you? He wore it all the time. <laughs> get out. I do. Um, so I get kind of sentimental. Okay. So to go back to what we're, to, to what we're talking about, um, I think that it's important to, you know, it's important to face all those things, you know, all, whatever it is that you're feeling is important to um, embrace it all, you know, and grief is all those things that I mentioned yeah. and more that I don't know how to even articulate. But missing a part of your world, I think that's the the thing that gets people. Yeah, I think so too. That's Especially becoming, if you see them every day. That's becoming, that's becoming more like present to me. Yeah, if you um, see them a lot and then all of a sudden you have this thing that's not there anymore. You know, you reach for the phone, you're like, oh shit, I can't call my sister. Or you're like, you're having a good laugh and like, oh my God, I got to tell someone. It's like, oh my God, he's not here. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, in order to fully process the fact that a person has died, it's important to go through all the emotions that become present for you and deal with them, however you deal with them. Mm. Um, but, you know, what actually just became really real to me is that although we know that we're born, we live, and we die, we spend all of our life living. <laughs> Once we're born, we're living. We don't think about that. And then, boom, nothing. We try to avoid thinking about that. And that's really jarring. We, we do avoid thinking about death because... We're all, yeah. we're, all, we're all we do is live. And it's also a lot of mystery around it. Like, we don't know what happens afterwards. And I think that's freaky for a lot of people. Yeah, it's freaky if they go there. But like, I don't is know. Is it going to be painful? How am I going to go? Oh, my God, I can go right now. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> that's what I think about. Um, and that makes me kind of, like, look at Christians sideways, too. Because it's like we do all this, like, Wonderful! Like, oh, the afterlife, when I get there, I'm going to love it. And God's going to take care of me. And my pain's going to go away. But then when people die, it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's so contrary, right? Yeah. But that's a lot about Christianity. But I'm, that's not for today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I will say that for me personally, it's comforting to think about death sometimes. Because just mythically, to have a reward after your life. You know, to think about death being as a reward. To hell yeah! What are you Greek? This, you know, honestly, if you think about you know, not to get deep into religion, but if this is the devil's world, and if he has free reign over this realm, it's like, of course, it's going to be hard. Of course, it's going to be like a lot of trouble and pain. But the payoff is that one day you get to a place where none of that exists. There's only good. And if you think about death like that, 
it's like something to look forward to. I'm like, I don't want to be dealing with these crazy ass people all my life. So I don't receive that this, this is the devil's world. I don't, I rebuke, <laughs> I rebuke all that. I don't receive that. I don't process that. I'm going to just blow past that. You've never read the Bible, have you? No. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> well, that's not how I live my life. Oh, bendito. So anyway, as I was saying before, because I have a kind of a train that I want to kind of take us on. Um, so, like I said, we live and then we die and then it's nothing. And that's really jarring for us. It's not true. It's the good thing. It's the afterlife. But go ahead. To some who believe that. If I was well, Jewish. I've, I've talked to people. How about if you were Jewish, you wouldn't believe that because if you were Jew, there's no afterlife. Well, grandma has a message from you from the other side. Grandma ain't a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kamar, stop it. I'm going to stop. I'm doing it on purpose, but I'll stop. Stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. All right. This, this is my way of dealing with things that are uncomfortable. Well, be uncomfortable. Stewing oh, it. Living it. Gosh. Sitting it. All right. All right. So we spend all this time living our lives and creating connections with people and the memories of people that our lives aren't just our lives. Our lives are the sum total of all the connections and relationships that we create with everyone around us. So when someone dies, that connection is broken, which is very jarring to our own lives. And I never thought of it like that until this very moment. That's when, that's why when somebody dies that we're not very connected to, we're not affected that much. Mm -hmm. I have people in my family who have died that I could give two shits about because I wasn't connected, I wasn't connected with them. And I don't think that, you know, just because we're family that we have this deep connection. So if people in my family who've died, you know, sorry, but I move on. Same here. Um, what you didn't say is that you have people who you've been close to, very close to who have died and you still took that same approach, which is weird. I uh, like when grandma died. You're like, yeah, I knew she was gonna die soon. But when when grandmother died, and grandmother raised you, grandmother did raise me. But I already had made my peace with her. When, so this, so the backstory behind grandma dying is, um, we lived in Florida for a little while. I lived there for about a year with grandma and um, our aunt Kia. And when I left Florida, pretty suddenly at the end of 2004. Um, I, when I said bye to grandma, I knew I would never see her again. Well, I just knew it. because you weren't allowed to come back. It wasn't about that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I was allowed if I wanted to. I just didn't, that wasn't what it was for me. I knew that when I left that house at, what was the address? 1406 <laughs> 14th Street, wherever it was, we lived that in Fort Lauderdale. And I was not going to see grandma again. I knew it. No, I, wait, knew wait, it wait, in my, wait. I knew it in my spirit. Now, if you leave a place in a very combustible way, mm -hmm. and you know that that's the place where grandma's going to be for the rest of her life, mm -hmm. you're not willing to go back to that place because you don't want to. Isn't it kind of like common to be like, yeah, I'm never going to see you again because you'll be here, and I don't want to come here. Grandma wasn't going to leave her house to come see you no, anywhere. No, I knew I was not going to see her again. I guess something in my spirit knew that she, I don't know. She wasn't, she wasn't particularly ill then, mm -mm. but I just knew it. Mm. I just knew in my spirit, I knew in my heart of hearts that I wasn't going to see her again. Wow. I knew it. And so when she died a year later, um, part of it was I made my peace. I knew I wasn't going to see her again. And part of it also was that I didn't want to go see those people down there. I didn't mm -hmm. want to see Kia or any of the family down there. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't want, and I had heard that she had been ill and it looked like it. 
and I didn't want my last memory of her to be in a in a in a in a, in a coffin in yeah. a casket. I yeah. didn't want that. So it was also me controlling what my memories of her were going to be. Wow. And my memory of her was her usual self. <laughs> I said bye, and I was that. And I and still now, what twelve years later, yeah. I'm at peace with that. So who knows how I process things, but even now thinking about it deeply, I wouldn't do it differently. And I don't think that I'm withholding anything. I just, I, I feel what I feel. And I knew that when she died, she died. Well, um, I wasn't compelled to go to the funeral. <laughs> you weren't. I didn't go. I don't feel bad about it. And even in hindsight, I don't feel bad about it. That's just how I, that's how I process death. Um, and well, that's what worked for me. because you didn't go to the funeral, this feels like the only time that I would tell you what it was like. Uh, we all wore pink. and She didn't even like pink that much. Well, she told us that um, she liked it. Really? And this was because, you know, um, our life coach, who is also, uh, I don't know, you know, she does everything. So she somehow contacted grandmother in the afterlife. And she was like, you know... She just keeps show, someone's there. They just keep showing me the color pink, like pink flowers, pink suits, and like all that. And I'm like, huh? And then eventually, like we kept probing. I was like, oh my god, my grandmother, like we wore pink for her. And she didn't say that she liked the color pink, <laughs> but what she said was the idea of everyone coming together and doing something special um, in uniform for her. Was very touching. I she believe that. She I believe that. that. She always wanted us to be together as a family, and the fact that we were so fragmented bothered her. I knew that. Aunt Joyce came. Um, her her only survived. Her only living sister at the time came down, and I hadn't seen Aunt Joyce since I was like maybe three or four. She came down, and like you know, father couldn't be there, but because um, was in jail. Okay, he was in jail, but he uh, he wrote a poem, and I read it at the funeral. Really? Yeah. And she was just saying like she she likes all that. So that, I think I did that at some time when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've, I've had a belief in the afterlife. And that's how I got to the mindset of being able to welcome it. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that there was something after that. You know, because how could Simone know all this? And how could Simone be able to tell me these things if she couldn't connect with someone who's there and happy and looking like her old self? So, um, let me just add, I totally believe in the afterlife. Of course. I totally believe, I totally believe that, that there's something <laughs> that our souls, our souls do something after this physical it's a life happy is gone. Thing like, I believe that deeply. And I don't know that that's even a, it's not a Christian thing. I don't think no. that Christians believe that. I don't know. I don't really ascribe to a, to a religion, but I believe that we are energy. Mm -hmm. You know, our souls are just here living a physical experience. And once this physical experience is over, the soul goes and regenerates and does something else. Exactly. But it's like, if that thing is a happy thing, I find it hard to be sad about it. You know, it's like, if this is what we're living for, or, you know, whatever your religion is, but if, if, if you know that death is a happy thing, it's a relief. It's like you need to be crying tears of joy. I don't. So I think that's good to say intellectually, and I think yeah. it sounds good um, on paper and even in a vacuum, right? But like I was saying before, um, missing somebody—that's really gone, a part of your world. Yeah, and our life is a our life is a bunch of connections with people, mm. with relationships, and so when one of that, when one of that like breaks, yeah. That's, that affects our life, mm -hmm. right? And so if we're used to certain people being in our life, if we're, used to, if, if we're used to a certain kind of connection or relationship, when it's gone suddenly, it's jarring. 
it's jarring. And so I don't know that it's easy to actually just be happy about that. No, I don't I don't think anyone. I think you can arrive at that. Yeah. But yeah. you have to I mean, it's it's human to miss something right. and to grieve over it. Animals grieve. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I find comfort in. Just knowing that this is like it's like you said, intellectual, like, yeah, they're going to a better place. That's one thing. But when I am missing that person and when I am being really selfish about it, when I think like, okay, they're happy, they're still around energetically, it kind of helps me get through the um, the sadness. And I'm still crying, but I, I turn to crying. I turn those into tears of joy because I'm thinking of all the good times that we've had, which still makes me cry. But like I'm smiling, I'm crying, I'm smiling, I'm crying. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a different thing for me. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, the, like the way my the way my emotions are set up, I don't know the last time I cried over a person that had already died. Wow. Um, I may think of them longingly mm -hmm. or think of them and kind of smile, mm. but I don't know that I've gone back and be like, oh my God, I'm sad. I, or cry, I don't know. I, I, I will say that a few Mother's Days ago, I was sad about my mother. Mm. I didn't cry. But I was sad and I was, I, I like felt like something was missing. Mm -hmm. I don't usually feel that way because she died when I was so young that I've, you know, lived my life as a motherless child. And I always have maternal, I always had like maternal figures in my life. But all I know really 30 years later is that my mother died. And so it was actually weird to me that I felt this way because, you know, my identity as an adult coming up has been that I didn't have a mother and it was just odd that this one random year I just felt some kind of way that she wasn't here but you were probably vulnerable at the time but the sadness passed I didn't try to rationalize it yeah. or try to like think it away I sat with it and I was like wow why do I feel this way it only happened once that I can think about and <laughs> that was a few years ago if you allow that to happen more I think some of those memories that you blocked out will come back. But I think I do allow it to happen when it when it happens. Mm. I can't explain. I mean, my my. So Katab also cannot remember his mother's funeral. Who like, said that? Very well, you told me that. You said there's a lot of that period that you just don't remember. I remember the funeral. You do. I remember the wake. In fact, oh my God! So somebody that I um um who does shows it in at at, at my job. Mm -hmm. His wife died, and I went to the wake kind of in respect for my, my institution, and just because, you know, although the man got on my nerves, he was still a person who lost his wife. So the wake was at Perry's funeral home. So I walked in, all da 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 da, -da and then we went into the room with the um that uh, the room of the viewing. I realized in that moment I had not been here in thirty years. Wow since my mother died and the room looked the same and it took me right back to that moment Get out. when the family is in here when my aunt passed out when my sister was crying like a loony man like a like a, a crazy woman and i'm sitting there on somebody's lap weeping you were crying i was weeping oh, little katak cried i did cry thank god <laughs> but really? uh, but yeah and so it was like I definitely block out things. There's a chunk of my life I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember the ages of eight to twelve very like very much at all. It's like one blur of occurrences. Mm. I don't really remember that time at all. Okay, kind of spotty. Mm. 
Um, but I also will say about, about, about my mom, about my mom dying that, um, although I did cry at the wake and the funeral, I kind of went on about life. And three years later, when I was 11, I cried for an entire night. Get the fuck out of here. I never told you that? No. So Tahira was going out on a date when she first met Speedy. Mm -hmm. Um, They were going out and I didn't want Tahira to go. And at first, Speedy thought I was just crying because I wanted her to stay. But no, I was actually, I was like, I guess whatever I had not faced in that three years came up. And I cried for hours hours where was daddy i don't remember get out so I who just, comforted you i don't i think tahira did did she go out that night no really i think Lati, i don't know if Lati was i don't know i don't that part i don't remember wow. we were on grove street and i cried for hours she's like he's finally letting it out and i haven't cried since literally i haven't cried since i haven't cried about that since okay. i do cry <laughs> <laughs> i haven't cried about that since i haven't gone to her i haven't gone to her i haven't gone to her um, her gravesite since 1991. Mm. I have no desire to. Mm. Pop is in that same place. Went there. Have no desire to. Mm. Um, my sister Toya, my best friend and sister Latoya, her father and mother are buried in the same place as mommy and pop. And when I went to their respective funerals, I bawled because um, I was close to Toya's parents. Mm-hmm. Um very close. Spent, I, I spent all all time at, at Toya's house. But mm-hmm. like I um when when Pop died, I called I called her father Pop. Mm-hmm. When Pop died, I um you know, I cried a lot. But then once he was buried and gone, I wasn't sad. I, it the same it just snapped right out. But during those moments when we were in it with the whole family and with Toya, I was crestfallen. Um and that and that it was in the same the same cemetery, I was crestfallen. When her mom died um, last year, she died. It's been almost a year mm-hmm. since um, mom died, mm-hmm. and same thing during the during the funeral, during the burial. Well, she was there in the mausoleum. Um, I was crestfallen, and then after um, it was over, I was fine again. It sounds very organizational. Maybe. I mean, I don't. I mean, that's the way my mind is. That's how my mind is set up, mm. and I don't think it's right or wrong or bad or good Hell it's no. just how yeah. i am and i just recognize just how i am and but i sometimes do question how much i let myself feel when people die but again i think it's a protection mechanism because i think for a child to go through that much death in a short time i think it does something to them yeah and it's just who i am now yeah. and that's you know it's call me a vulcan call me an aquarius whatever it is but that's just how it is but i do recognize um that I don't necessarily let myself feel and I'm getting better at that now but going through this whole actually this whole show as I was writing it out has been therapy for me Mm. Um, and it never became really present to me why I am why I have such control of my emotions why I have such an easy way of disconnecting Mm -hmm. from things and people emotionally until really just now when I realized that I probably did that 30 years ago and that mechanism is a place to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And you did it over and over again over because there was a lot of people that died in that period, you know, um, the advent of karma, I call it, when I was coming into the world. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, like, 
everybody who's died since then i haven't experienced any major death well i have but gosh i didn't process it the same way um so i don't i'm a little i'm actually nervous how i will react when people that are in my life every day <sighs> later when that happens i told latif last year i said you know father um if you were to die tomorrow i'll be sad but i'll be fine like i won't feel like i didn't say anything i'll yeah. be complete still but i wonder that's how it'll actually be maybe but i also feel like that's that could be why i keep latif at arm's length mm -hmm. um because you don't want to lose another parent i don't want to lose another parent but i recognize that but i'm not trying to change it i'm not trying yeah. to change how i feel about it right um so that's kind of that so uh i think that this is just a, it's just it's such a is this, this is just such a massive a massive concept to deal with mm -hmm. and everybody doing mm -hmm. things differently i feel i feel some kind of way for the folks that can't move on yeah a lot of people get stuck in it like i don't see the point of the coulda woulda shoulda Right. Well, if you what if so what happens in my family a lot that I don't connect with is they'll say well if mommy was alive then this and I'm like well if mommy was alive I wouldn't be who I am now Heck yeah. everything happens because it's supposed to so I also will say that that kind of the kind of thinking of that things happen because they're supposed to that God makes no mistakes all that also colors how I look at life and death. Yeah. And so if my mother didn't die when she did, how she did, then my life wouldn't have gone the way it's gone and I wouldn't be how I am and who I am right now. And to think, and so because of that, I don't know how to think, well, if she were alive, how would things be? Because there are too many things that, that would be different yeah. about everything. So I don't even go there. And it's a direct... Um, what's the word it goes at odds with everything that we believe in you know the tenets of this show is founded on the principle of you know everything kind of happens for a reason and it's like you know you can't be in those two spaces at one time you know you can't say well if this was here then x y and z would have been here and it's like okay but you get you can't do that, and then also be like I'm living the moment, and everything is happening because it's supposed to. They're at odds with each other. Yeah, they um, are. So I guess I don't really know what else to say about this right now. I kind of gotten all my thoughts out about it. Yeah. I don't. I'm this. This wasn't meant to give any <clears throat> advice on how to deal with death. It was just kind of exploring how we deal with death, mm -hmm. how I deal with death. Um, and I think whatever your process is, do it. But I will say, though, that if you feel stuck, if you can't move on, if you are stuck in, if your life is stuck or stagnant as a result of somebody dying, I would encourage you to like look into that and think about what are you reacting to? Why are you stuck? I mean, the person isn't here anymore. Would they want you to feel this way? Is your life really that different? If it is that different, is that a bad or a good thing? Mm -hmm. um, if the whole point of living is to live, how are you living if you're stuck in the moment that somebody died? Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, my take on the matter. If I had to offer any advice, it would be that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I just like the idea of exploring. Um, I'm really on this thing about what are we reacting to? Yeah. That's kind of really present in my mind right now about everything and death mm -hmm. included. What are we actually what are we really reacting to because it's not the act it's the it is the missing per it's the it's the missing it's not having that person that you can touch it's like 
you know, having a memory is one thing, but not being able to like to talk to that same person is something totally different. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, like, oh, I can't like call this person that I always call when something happens. So like these important parts of your life have been affected. So it's fair to grieve. I think grief is important and not to just, and what I would do in a lot of ways is just jump to, well, it's for the, it's, it's all for the better. The, the things happen because they're supposed to. They're in a better place. But to jump there without owning the emotions of grief first, mm-hmm. I think is a, is a disservice to your own healing. Yeah. Because like I said before, I said this last week, you can't process emotion that you don't actually own. You can't deal with anything that you don't actually own. So it's important to face whatever it is that you face and feel what you feel for as long as you feel it and then move on. You have to really face it because if not, it's going to show up in other ways. Like for you, when you were 11, you know, those three years, I don't know what you may have been going through, but it erupted, you know, at age 11 erupted yeah and that's what happens in a lot of different ways you know you you're reacting to you know somebody who died in the movie and then all of a sudden you feel like you're feeling it or you're like you're going off on someone because they're not treating their mother right and then all of a sudden you realize, you realize that, oh hey, shit i regret the fact that i told my mother she's a bitch on the last day that i saw her you know it's like all that and you have to kind of realize that and then allow yourself to be forgiven allow yourself to move on you know, because honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. And I know that's easier said than done, but like harping on it really is not doing you any type of service. It does nothing. You know, it, yeah. Harping on any, it, yeah. It's useless, but I also think, um, I, I believe in, in alternate energies, if that's a real term. So like on one on one sense, it may be harping, but on the other side of that continuum, you have honoring a person's memory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same energy as, you know, harping on something, but you're taking it and you're turning it into a positive thing. So instead of harping on it and, and living in all these low vibrating um, energies, you flip that and you're like, you know what? When I was here with this person, I did everything that I could do, you know? On that day that, you know, so-and-so passed, we had an argument, but, you know, I had no idea that that was my last time seeing so-and-so. It's easy to say that, though, but, you know, but this is why it's important to treat people well, mm-hmm. fairly, lovingly, when they're here, to love on them, mm-hmm. when they're here, because you never know when something changes, right? And although I don't do well with guilt, personally, uh, that's because I, I'm really honest about my emotions in the moment. So I think it's really important to treat everybody with love and with, with like a genuine sense of love and That's respect right. because you never know. You know, how would you feel if the last interaction that you, that, that you had with somebody was full of like, it, it was full of, uh, of anger mm-hmm. and vitriol right. and then they keeled over and died. You feel like shit. That's why you don't go to bed angry. Yeah. You know? So I think I've exhausted all that I have to say about this. Um, do you have a, any kind of closing final things? Um, all I can do is reflect on this massive topic that um, we've covered so far. And I feel very raw. You said grandma had a message for me. Um, oh, it was what I told you about. that. Like she liked the idea of everyone coming together. That wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. I just wanted to bother you. But you cared about it. Of course, I cared about it. Mm-hmm. I think. I think in one of my upcoming readings, in one of my upcoming readings, I'm gonna ask Simone 
about my mother and my grandmother. I haven't done that yeah. yet. In all these years I've been going there, I've never asked. I knew you would come to that moment eventually. I've been thinking about it over the last few months, yeah. but I think now I'll finally, I'll finally do it. It's very freeing. Um, I, I will say on the flip side, though, I have talked to someone who passed under um, an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, and it wasn't as pleasant as it was when I met with Grandma in an afterlife. They were they were they were in the equivalent of limbo. They killed themselves. Not sure. Oh. You know, but it was it was definitely like there is a sense of like, you know, it's good to talk to people and do all that. But there is a flip side to it. It doesn't always end up pleasant. Mm. And um, he hadn't crossed over yet. Oh, so, um, you know, Simone was like Simone Kelly, that's our life coach. She was like, you know, all we can do is send him light and, you know, send him lots of love, send him lots of energy, I think. And I'll try to cross him over type thing. So I just wanted to put that out there. You know, I do advocate, you know, talking to whoever there is in the afterlife that you feel unsettled with, but it's not always going to be perfect. Yeah. The last thing I have to say is, again, we, although we're born, we live and we die, you know, I think that death is, is always going to be jarring for us. Yeah. It's inevitably, it's, natural. it's inevitably jarring, however natural it is. So it's important that A, you treat everybody that comes into your life with, with, at the very minimum, respect. Mm-hmm. And let that order your steps and your interactions. And that when, the, that, that when people die that are close to you, especially the ones that are close to you, that you let yourself feel whatever it is you feel. And that's fair to feel that way. Yeah. And then once you feel it and you own it, then, you, then it is in the interest of your own life best to move on mm-hmm. and continue to live your life yeah. allow, but allow yourself to feel you know don't block things away because I'm, I'm good at that I can totally you know happy myself to death yeah <laughs> and but then all of a sudden it happens allow yourself to feel and so I'll close with the title of this show live and let die and now let's talk some shit oh my goodness let's talk some shit I'm gonna start with saying happy new year happy new year everybody i have i say happy new year for one week after the new year that's right and then after that i'm totally fully annoyed with it don't say it i won't i won't acknowledge you i might be kind and you know say hi but there are people who say i say happy new year uh, um that i can see you in june if i ain't seen you first i'm saying happy new year i'd be like i will look at you like you're crazy i think once the year is going it ain't new no more. After a week, it ain't new. <laughs> Nothing after a week is still new. Oh, except so, for babies. Babies are new for like you a month or two. That doesn't count. <laughs> a car ain't new after a week. You still got, it's a car now. Fuck you, my shit still smell new. So no more Happy New Year <laughs> after January 7th, right? So, uh, so yeah, no more Happy New Year. Um, I do have to talk shit about something, but I just want to like a layover from the last conversation. I feel really in my feelings right now. And Get over it. It's like I sorry, allowed sorry, myself sorry. to be. I think about you, boy. I allowed myself to be so um, vulnerable, but you had to. You had to be very authentic for such a massive topic. Um, so anyway, I want to talk shit about this R. Kelly stuff. Oh my goodness! Like I haven't oh watched God. the R. Kelly special. Oh my, God. oh my God! Oh my God! I have not watched it. No, um, I don't really care about it. Because, like, I saw him pee on a girl. That's all I need to say. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if it was his brother, but if it was his brother, then either one of y'all ain't shit. But it's really exposed people who are in my social connections. Like people are really defending this man. They are. I don't see how, I don't see what the defense is. I don't understand. Well, one that I've heard a lot is um well, y'all acting like y'all didn't have old ass niggas picking y'all up from school when y'all was in high school. That'll make cars. it right. That'll make it right. <laughs> you know, color pe- you know that is sus. You know what? I hate to make it a race thing. Go ahead, boy. But black people historically make such passes for pedophiles. Hell yeah. Hell How yeah. many people, you know, have that shit happen in their family and they and they make and they and they make excuses for the, the, the She always been fast. Like that, like like that makes it okay for the adult to take advantage of a child. Mm-hmm. Um so my feelings about about R. Kelly are I don't really have I don't I I don't know I haven't watched it uh, I don't necessarily I'm going to though I'm going to catch up on the on the marathon on the um show this evening but what I have to be honest about is that I can't not like his music still wait say it again I still cannot not like his music so when I hear uh, when I hear like so many of his songs. I still want to hear. I still want to hear damn song. Like it's. It's. I hate to say that I can separate the man from the music, yeah. um, but I do. And I'm not. I don't buy his music. I don't pay for his concerts. I don't go to his concerts. He doesn't really concertize anymore. Um, but if he does, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy a ticket. But I can't deny that I still have. That despite how despicable I think he is and has been, um, despite my feelings about my, despite, despite my lack of understanding about how this went down, I still, when I hear 12 play, I still let 12 play rock. When I still hear feeling in your booty, like whatever the song is, there's so many songs I just can't. You can't block him out. He, he was I the can't. 90s. You know, he he was the epitome of nineties and early two thousands. Like so oh, much, yeah. like my and and that's my formative years. Like yeah. my, I can't. So you know, I I own that. But so um, and just because you mentioned his music, Spotify put out a statement saying that his songs have increased um, sixteen percent since the thing came out, like three days ago. Makes sense. So no publicity is bad publicity. Um, and there are still people who are like, damn, R. Kelly's on my timeline. I just want to hear these songs and stuff. But I want to read <laughs> a statement from like just random people that I've seen online. One of them was, I'm not watching that R. Kelly mess because maybe if them hoes had morals and dignity, they would have never ended up in the midst of what allegedly happened. Oh my God. Did a woman write that or a man write that? It's a man, a gay man. Oh God. Mm-mm-mm. That's terrible. Yep. Um, and there's like so many more just like that, but like that's basically the one. And I'm just like that. That represents a lot of what I saw. That person was probably molested himself. That's yeah. just awful to not. That's awful to. That's awful to. That's awful to project like adult values and adult like rationale on a child. When you're 17, you're a fucking dumbass child. And you could be fast, whatever, but you're still 17. You still got the mind of a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know. And so, however old, how he was a grown ass man. 
Um, so that's so unfortunate. Another another woman wrote something to the extent of like, you know, I know when I was in school, there was this teacher. I wanted to give him some and I couldn't, but I finally gave it to him. And like, I'll give him some more today. Fuck that bitch. You know, it's like stuff like that. Terrible. Um, but on the flip side, it's like I have dated, you know, people who were older than me. I, you know, I've been open about the fact that my first boyfriend was um, 26. I was 16. And he would not have sex with me. Well, I will say that when I was 16, I had I had an affair with a man who was 30-something. Right. And I don't... And the, but the funny thing is, I even in, in hindsight, he was inappropriate, but I was fully present. I don't feel like I was taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would ever tell people his name because I wouldn't want to... Because it was legal. Yeah. I, mean, I was 16. Yeah. He was a, a good 36, 38. But it felt right at the time for me. And it felt right for me too, and I don't regret it. But I think what people are failing to realize is that it's one thing to put somebody on a pedestal and like, oh, he knew better. But when you step back and realize how much, it's a part of the culture to date older people and and for older people to date younger people. Mm -hmm. And because it feels so right and looks so fine, we don't look at it as statutory rape. That's what it is. You know, like I didn't think about um, my ex raping me and, and being inappropriate for like being with me, but that's what it was. But it felt right, and I was like, I never dated anybody who was you know less than mm, five, six years older than me when I was in high school. So everybody I dated was like older. Mm. I, I had no interest in dating children. Did you lie about your age? Um, in the beginning, and then when I got to know them, I'm like, you know, I'm really so and so right. And it was like too late. I had him hooked. And that's the that's the method I still use to this day. Stop it. Once I admit the truth, it's like you can't go anywhere. I got you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. I just think this whole R. Kelly thing has been going on for years. And we should not um demonize the folks who are just realizing who R. Kelly is. Cause some of us realized a little earlier than than before. Yeah. Um, but it's like it, it's it's the culture, man. And you have to realize that people really um socialize their kids to date older men you know and it's like it's really stupid that at 17 it's wrong to date somebody who's 25 but as soon as you turn at 18 it's like okay it's all right now because it's legal and it's like cerebrally it doesn't make a difference but hey it's the law yeah it's the fucking law start somewhere that's all i want to talk shit about today uh i have another thing to talk shit about but i'm not what was it gonna be i'm over it I was talking about joy. Oh, <laughs> and no, and that fucking hot sauce from last night that I'm still feeling today. Happy birthday, Joy! Happy belated birthday. We love you. I can't wait to hug that new baby of yours. He's so cute. I saw a picture of him. So cute. Mm-hmm. So cute. Little well, Joaquin. speaking of babies, I will say that um, there's no way to give a good parting thought for the show. But if your mother didn't pass, there would be no little karma. You would not know me. I would be in Siberia somewhere, I'm sure. So um, you have to look at the good that comes from death in some way. Um, because I am I know for a fact, daddy would be with your mama today. <laughs> yeah, I will say the reality. I don't know about good or bad. I will mm. say the reality. Mm. Um, but I've never questioned your existence because of that. I've never had an issue with you being here because of my mother dying. Yeah, but I'm just saying it. it's crazy how... Um, a baby came as some as an adult was like dying you know in life like we were yeah. like mourning one person and then there was new life coming and um you know we can't get into the details because it's the end of the show 
But the, we'll say that for another, another yeah, the, that was a lot. Yeah, the myth is, you know, because your mom was sick, she allowed daddy to go out and have fun. And somehow he came back with a baby. Oops. That wasn't a myth. <laughs> Oops. But let's say, let's table that yeah. for another day. I feel like we may have gotten into that when daddy was here. Did we? Possibly. Enough. Mm-hmm. That's our time together. Yeah. We hope to not only entertain you, but to provide you with some new or different perspective Heck about yeah. the various topics we discuss. Yeah. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's topic. Yes. And if you're not already doing us, please like our Facebook page. Just give us a search for The Heathen's Guide to Life and follow us on Instagram. It's um, at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. And search us on iTunes and all that other good stuff and subscribe. Let's be clear. We're on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Like Kamar said, like us and subscribe. You know nobody's going to care about the other ones anymore, though. Tune in next week <laughs> for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. I'm K. Ibn Latif. I'm Kayla Sean. See you next week. Bye, folks. <laughs>